Today, I'm gonna be talking about 10 issues with US-made guitars. What really, really sparked this video was, I own currently now five guitars that are made in USA that those companies either don't exist or don't make guitars in USA anymore. And when I started looking at it as a whole, I thought, wow, this is really gonna be the future. No more USA made guitars. So I thought, well, why is that? And that's what started, hey, let's make a list of all the things that may be causing the problem or is going to make the problem worse in the future. Now, before I get into this video, I'd like to say I'm gonna be using some broad strokes here. What do I mean by that? I mean, not all companies have issues. In fact, some of you might go, hey, the company I like has never had an issue. Well, that's probably possible. In fact, some companies are probably gonna be the worst at this and some companies are gonna be the best. But generally, I wanted to talk about US manufacturers as a whole and I thought, you know, maybe this is an interesting subject to talk about. So let's get started with number 10. They fail to offer a fair amount of left-handed guitars. This one has always confused me because when I go to US manufacturing uh, facilities, they always tell us about how expensive it is to make left-handed guitars because you gotta shut down the machines, re tool and I don't disagree with that. However, it seems like it would be easier for them to do it than the import manufacturers. Here's why. The import manufacturers have to do high volume to make any money. They're making a lot less per guitar and they're making a lot more of them, which means left-handed versions even get trickier. I once had a manufacturer tell me in the US that it costs about 30% more to make a left-handed guitar. Well, I would think that if I was a left-handed player, I would rather pay more than have no guitar to choose from at all. Number nine is another generalization, but it's pretty accurate, which is a lot of US manufacturers tend to use the high desire rate of US manufactured guitars. In fact, the fact that we all want one so bad and they're so good to use that to make import versions of them to sell them at a price point we can afford. Instead of holding true to, hey, we make the best guitars, they immediately kind of almost contradict themselves by saying, here, here's the import version of our guitar. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this rule. Rickenbacker, Kiesel, Nags, don't make any import version to say a few of those. What's interesting to me is how many companies make an import version of their exact guitar. Even crazier than that, I've seen US guitar companies make a US guitar and then immediately start making the import before the American version was even popular. Number eight is another weird one, which is they're riddled with failures. And what I mean by that is we tend to look at US made guitars as premium, the best. And really what that sometimes means is they're just the most expensive. But what I mean by the comment riddled with failures, I mean that it's almost implied if a guitar is made in the USA, it's perfect. However, most of the companies that build guitars in the USA have shaky histories to say the least. Everything from finish issues to design flaws to defective merchandise to bad decision-making has plagued all the guitars over the last few decades and it's almost funny how we just give all that a pass and just say well if it's made in the USA it's great. Number seven is another strange one, which is they have limited colors and looks. Another thing that's always confused me about the US made guitars, you think that they would go ahead and go, we're going to make all the exotic, exciting ones here. They're going to be more expensive, but unique. And then we'll do import versions that are just more basic in how they look. But the reality is when I look online and when I look in stores, a lot of times the import guitars are the most exciting when it comes to variety. In fact, some of the US manufacturers have kind of trimmed the color choices down to just a few. It's really interesting to kind of really maximize the profit they can on the limited runs. Number six is probably the most confusing one on the list for me. So many US guitars now have import parts on them. I'm supposed to value US made guitars because they're somehow some more premium than import guitars, yet more and more of them are coming with pretty much only import parts on them. How am I supposed to value this as a consumer? Uh, is it that I want the guitar just made here and it's all import parts or do I want it all made in the USA? But one thing's for sure, we're definitely seeing a rise of import parts on US guitars to the point where some US guitars 
I don't even know what makes them US other than they were either assembled here or they were maybe finished here. Number five is another hot spot for you guys, which is the US manufacturers are slow to add stainless steel as an option for their frets, even though the market seems to almost demand it. More and more high-end guitars that are not made in the USA are coming with stainless steel frets. Now, keep in mind, there's a few exceptions. Kiesel guitars, Sir guitars, of course, are a couple to mention. But as a whole, this issue is actually really kind of really blossomed out when Fender kind of teased everybody with the ultimate strats about how they were going to change the industry forever. And everybody's first assumption was stainless steel frets. Yet Fender doesn't offer stainless steel frets at all, which is, again, very strange considering it's one of the most common things I see in fact, whenever I'm reviewing any expensive guitar, the first comment you always see is, does it have stainless steel frets? And I'm not saying that's all important. In fact, to some players, it doesn't matter at all. But it's interesting that the US manufacturers seem to be the slowest to get it. Number four is my pet peeve, which is resale value. US guitars always get treated like, hey, if it's made in the USA, it's going to have great resale value. But we see where that's not true all the time. There are tons of companies that are made making guitars in the US where the resale value is not that great. In fact, not even as good as some import brands. It almost seems like it doesn't matter where the guitar is made. It depends on how popular the brand is to help the resale value. Now, I know that's not the case. None of this is a fact, but it is interesting to see that it doesn't just mean made in the USA means a good, a, a good resale value. You actually have to have the brand recognition behind it. Now, number three actually came to me as an email from a viewer who said, do US companies rely on American pride to sell their instruments? Are they actually looking at the import guitar companies as competitors? And I actually think they're not. And here's why. what I mean by that. I think that a lot of U.S. manufacturers, a lot of them, meaning not all of them, but a lot of them, rely on the fact that, yeah, they are a premium product that has high desire, and therefore, that is what's going to drive their sales, but not looking at the fact that how good their guitar is versus a another guitar, either equal or less expensive, that's imported in. Now, all I gotta say to guitar manufacturers is, ask the US car industry how that's worked out for them in the, over the last 30 years, and uh, I don't think you'll like the answer. Number two is low wages and crappy benefits. One thing that always kind of sets me afire, so to speak, in the comments. Whenever I review a high-end guitar, uh, there was always comments about being elitist. But when I review a low-end guitar, it's always talk about, hey, how come you don't value wages? And what's interesting is having many friends that work at many of the factories in the U.S., I can tell you none of them are making a great wage. This idea that they're making some kind of high-end industrial union wages that people used to make making manufacturing products in the US is not really there. In fact, most of them basically live paycheck to paycheck. And that brings us to number one, which is no investment in the future. When I look at US manufacturers, I don't see how they're trying to figure out how they're going to keep manufacturing here in the US. If it's so important that we buy guitars made in the US, how come a lot of the US manufacturers don't seem to look at the US as the future of their manufacturing? When I talk to US manufacturers as a whole, a lot of them constantly comment about how the import divisions are the fastest growing, if not the biggest divisions in the company. And I've actually had a US manufacturer tell me that eventually the future for them will just be import manufacturing. Now, again, this is a broad stroke video, which means I wouldn't point it out if I didn't see it as, let's say, average or par for the course. Uh, par for the course is most of the US manufacturers are not looking at staying in the US or concerned with it in the next 10 to 20 years. So I 
going to be talking about 10 issues with import guitars. So let's get into it with number 10. There's a thousand brands and no choices. Now I know I'm exaggerating when I say a thousand brands, but really we know what I'm talking about. You go to a store and they say they have 50 different brands, but when you go there, you feel like you only have about three to four different choices. I once had a friend at the NAMM show with me and he said, man, there's so many guitars here. And I said, yeah, tell me all the guitars you see that are not like the four main guitars. And at the end of the show, he said, you know, I probably walked about 200 booths and only saw about seven different guitars. And that brings us to number nine, which is saturation in the supply. One of the great things about import products is that you can get a huge volume. We see it with toaster ovens to toothbrushes and everything in between. However, in the guitar community, it's not a big community. So the fact that they're doing so much volume and having to hit that volume to keep those factories going means we're oversaturating the market. And we see it constantly. We see companies really having a, a trouble holding a price line. And it's been getting worse over the last few decades. And I don't think it's going to continue to get better. In other words, no matter what the demand seems to be, the manufacturing level is always going to have to maintain if they're going to do mass produced instruments at this level. Number eight is probably the most talked about anytime I do a review or talk about an import guitar. It's human rights violations. Now, one thing I want to tell you before you get all hot and bothered and putting comments in there, you know, you should do your own due diligence and go out there and see what companies are working in the hotspots. It's not hard to figure out what factories have had problems in the past and what factories are making what brands. And it's something that deeply saddens the majority of us to know that people are not treated either fairly or with cruelty. One thing that I feel that I don't think is very accurate is a lot of people seem to ass assign, and that means uh, customers, seem to assign the price of the guitar as the equalization of the cruelty or mistreatment of the employees or the people. In other words, if the cheaper the guitar, the worse they're treated. That's not the case. In fact, you can check online. There's all kinds of regulations about how people are supposed to be treated and how American companies or US companies and European companies are supposed to be working with those manufacturers. There's a danger to assigning that kind of logic to this because there has been cases where actually relatively expensive import guitars have been linked to pretty bad situations with the employees and vice versa, where some inexpensive guitars actually treated their employees very fairly. But more importantly, demand that from the manufacturer. If you're buying an import guitar and you want to know if people were treated fairly, you can ask for all that information from the manufacturer. Now, I know you're going to argue that they could lie about it, but at least if they're on the record with it, they're on the record with it. Number seven, import guitars drive US prices up. And what I mean by that is, uh, it's not as easy as taking an import guitar and then saying, this is how much it costs to make and this is how much the customer is gonna pay. A lot of times, a big factor of it is what percentage of discount is it from its higher end competitor? In other words, its own internal model. A good example would be using a Fender US Stratocaster. At the time of making this video, it's about $1,500 street price. And you'll notice that the Squire import equivalent is about 350 to $400 which is about 25%. Some models will be a low, as low as 20% and some as high as 30% of the price, but that's the equation. Sometimes if the price of the import guitar has to go up a little bit, then the US one has to go up to keep that equation going. So what you'll notice is no matter where the prices are set, they stay in that percentage mark no matter what they do. Number six is probably one of my biggest uh, issues with import guitars when I do have issues with them, which is you never know what you're getting. Working on import guitars has taught me a lot over the years. And one of the things is they're not always what they say they are. <laughs> in fact, you'll notice that a huge amount of import guitars have disclaimers in the websites of those companies and in the catalogs that say uh, materials and, and specifications subject to change without notification. That's something that you don't see too much everywhere else, but it is seen some other places as well. So I don't want to just pigeonhole 
them to that. But what I'm saying is, is that they'll change woods or specifications and you not know it. But more importantly, I like sharing this story. I once had a guitar come in and repair and it was a mahogany body with a maple cap. Not a maple veneer, it had a full maple cap. We took the pickups out and when we took the pickups out, we noticed that the maple cap, the, where it wasn't painted, wasn't maple. It was all mahogany at the top. We contacted the manufacturer and they told us that this was not the first time they had heard that. The other thing I've seen too is where they've changed out materials of the quality of the components and even tuning keys and pickups. In fact, so much so, uh, we've even seen where some import guitars are shipping with uh, brand name strings, but then later we found out they were actually copies or fakes of those brand name strings, And but the manufacturer that ordered the guitars didn't know about it. So it's a little loose. when Whenever you decide to basically allow somebody to build your product, but not put their name on it, your names on it, their accountability goes down. And so therefore they're gonna do some str some strange shady things. Number five is replication instead of innovation. Many US guitar manufacturers have told me that more than 50 to 60% of their gross sales are coming from their import divisions. When you have an entire industry focused on its biggest profit is going to be the import market and the import market is basically taking the thing that you made and copying it, you're gonna see all your revenue and resources going into replication instead of innovation. And so I think that's one of the driving forces that we see in our industry where you see a lot of guitar companies really not doing some exciting stuff anymore. When you look at some of the parts on a guitar, they haven't been changed in 50 years and it's mainly because uh, the resources are spent trying to find manufacturers make those components less expensive than actually making new higher end or better uh, alternatives to them. And so that's one of the downfalls of import guitars is that it really changes the focus of a company to go ahead and replicate what they already did instead of innovate what they already have. Before we get to number four, I just wanted to say thank you to my patrons for making videos like this possible. If you want to support this channel, not only can you become a patron, but you can also support the channel by buying merch down below or just subscribing and hitting the like button. All of those things make it possible to make content like this. Number four is definitely my issue, which is the hypocrisy of it all. Uh, one of the things that I've pointed out in many videos in the past that I, I obviously don't agree with is that in the US and the European Union, there's all kinds of laws that are there to protect the environment, the employees, and of course us as consumers and one of the things that really frustrates me as a consumer as a customer of these manufacturers is that they can go overseas and have those products made without having to abide by those laws and import them in and so you know for the record you can actually find an article with Hartley Peavy talking about the fact that the US will not allow him to make guitars in the US and what he means by that is they put so many restrictions and so many laws on him and how he had to build his factory and update it that he said it's physically impossible and and that he can just build guitars overseas and have them shipped over. Now, so you know, because I don't want anyone to think that Hartley was advocating for that, he was actually upset about it. It was a very passionate article where he said, basically, the US has forced him to do something uh, because he can't afford to update a factory to the regulations they put out for him, but he can import those guitars with from factories that don't have those regulations. And I think that's the heart of what we're talking about, is that one of the things that makes those import guitars less expensive is there is, uh, violations to the environment and violations to uh, to the employees and violations to the consumers that basically get unchecked or unnoticed when they're overseas. And what's interesting about all of that is, is that if you can imagine if they were to go ahead and say, look, these are the ways we want people treated. These are the way we want the environment and the consumers treated. And it doesn't matter where you make it on the planet Earth to make a product and get it into these countries. You have to follow those rules. You would notice a big change in the import market. 
And speaking of violating laws, that brings me to number three, which is knockoffs and fakes. Knockoffs and fakes, for a large part, are made in the factories that are making the real guitars. And companies try to protect their intellectual properties all the time. They send product to these manufacturers, and these manufacturers are selling the same products out the back out the back door. There was actually a couple years ago there was an issue where a bass manufacturer had a new line of bass amps built overseas, and before their amps were actually out the door and to the to the consumers, the fakes were already out. <laughs> so the fakes beat the fakes of their product beat their product to the market to the, and we're seeing that more and more and a lot of players are using that as justification to say hey that's why I buy the knockoffs it's basically the same thing as the real thing just I don't have to pay the extra price now that's a logic I don't agree with because I think intellectual properties are important but I have to admit a little bit of me does understand that logic because when you play with the bull you get the horns in other words if you know these companies overseas are doing these things and you're doing business with them I don't think you should be shocked when you become a victim of it Number two is not so much a grievance or a complaint as an adage. And it's a good friend of mine who's very smart and a very successful businessman said, no one works cheap forever. In other words, what he said is, no matter what you do, somebody's always going to want more. And the point of that is this, as we go overseas to have these guitars made, we're noticing that the factories, the employees, and the economies based around those guitars, uh, as they get better, want more money. And then that forces the manufacturers to keep changing uh, where they're going. Now, eventually the point is is that you will dry this well up so in other words you're not going to be able to make all these inexpensive guitars forever and that brings us to number one the number one issue I see with import guitars is longevity of how good they are so what's interesting about that is this guitars are made a certain way and they've been made a certain way and of course we're talking about electric guitars in this video have been made a certain way for a long period of time Companies like Godin in Canada take two years to make one guitar. I know that sounds outrageous. That can't be possible. It's absolutely true. So, you know, they, when a piece of wood comes into the factory, before that piece of wood comes out the other side of the factory is the shape of a guitar, it takes two years to properly dry it, process it, and get it ready to go. Because there is a process. Now, manufacturers are speeding this process up, process up so much that I've seen guitars in over in Asia manufactured in nine days. In other words, the wood came in, they built a guitar, they painted it, they dried it, and they shipped it out in nine days. Now, that's not the case, so don't take that as the gospel for all guitars overseas. But my point to this is, is that the whole point of an import guitar or a price affordable guitar, which is made, basically mean in an import way, is to get the price down and one of the ways they do that is speed up the process but what we don't know is how long they'll last there is no proof and if somebody says well I have a guitar that was made overseas or imported uh, 20 years ago they're not made the same way so in other words what I'm getting at is that the process to make these guitars is getting faster and faster and we don't know how long they'll last there are guitars that when they are made right they last forever not 10 years or five years. We're not talking about blenders or cars. We're talking about things that are designed to last, not only for your lifespan, but for your children's lifespan and your grandchildren's lifespan. Your guitar could last three and four generations without even uh, missing a beat. So the point of what I'm trying to get at is, is that although we're making these inexpensive guitars, and that's great because it puts it in the hands of players that normally wouldn't get their access to it, but we're also walking down the same road that says, these guitars might not be less expensive when 
when we factor on how long they're going to last compared to the guitars that last forever. All right, that's it. That's my 10 things. I hope you enjoyed the video. I really hope it stirs your mind up. I hope you watch the other one and hear the counter arguments. That's the whole point of this. I put up arguments for both sides of the 10 things based on information I've learned from the industry, industry being in this industry myself, and more importantly, from you guys and your questions and your thoughts. This is just to start a conversation about this stuff. Again, I hope you guys take this with some, uh, take this with a grain of salt. It's all supposed to be for entertainment purposes to talk about the thing that we love so much. As you know, we're all guitar players and we love guitar here. And I think ultimately uh, the consumers and the companies all want the same thing, which is to enjoy music together and find a way to do that. And so this is just about talking about the things that may hurt that from coming in the future or help it. So there you go. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for your time. Till the next time, know your gear.